I think a good partnership is a partnership that's based on almost no capital between the partners. It's based on both sides providing value for each other. And again, when I say value, it's not like synthetic value of good advice or whatever. I'm talking about financial. I think really think about what benefits you can give your partner before you present what you want and make sure that they can kind of align. And that's the way to grow your business. Hello and welcome to Partner 2020, the podcast that's all about showcasing the best relationships out there between tech companies and agency partners. Today, we're going to discuss strategic relationships from an agency's perspective. With me today is Alad, the managing partner, and Atai, the COO of Inbound Junction. The focus of today's discussion is the power of a network to support agency growth and overall value. These two and Inbound Junction have used strategic alignments to gain unicorn clients like HubSpot, Hotjar, Kojabi, WalkMe, BigCommerce, and many more SaaS that you've heard of and probably used yourself. I hope you learn as much listening to this episode as I did recording it. Enjoy. What I want to focus on with this discussion is the different type of partnerships. These are strategic relationships, so not necessarily a SaaS partnership. Uh, but we're going to talk about VC relationships. We're going to talk about influencer relationships. Uh, we're going to talk about those third-party relationships that are sometimes necessary for an agency to become an inbound junction, to get to this level. Uh, then we're going to hear um, how those relationships were developed, what they've meant for inbound junction, and um, really what's next for you guys and, and what this whole life cycle has come to and, and where you're taking the, uh, the next five to ten years of the agency. Um, so I'll start with either one of you. Why don't you just do a quick introduction to yourselves and then we'll go into the line of, uh, of questions. Sure, um, so I'll introduce myself. Uh, my name's Itai, as I said, I'm the COO of uh, the group. So I've been in SaaS marketing, I think close to a decade. My experience uh, was in journalism in the beginning, then I became uh, involved in the more ad tech industry and I was the CMO of a company called Infolinks, which is one of the bigger ad networks, long tail ad, ne ad networks out there. That's actually how I met the guys at Inbound Junction. I was one of their first clients. Then after I moved to my next role at Wix, the website builder, um, I was heading uh, content for a project there. At some point I, I met uh, back with Elad uh, and Nadav, our other partner, and we kind of decided that it's a good place for us to, to converge and meet. And we kind of took the agency and then we've been scaling pretty big for a few years after that. Client base, as you can see here on the screen, um, nothing short of impressive for the types of companies that you've worked with. I'm, I'm a user of at least probably 30% of these companies. So this is pretty incredible as an agency. So Alad, why don't you introduce yourself? Sure. Uh, my name is Alad. I'm uh, the president of the company um, and one of the co-founders. We actually have two companies, uh, one, uh, I mean, two brands that we work by. The other one is called Market Across. Market Across today is catered only towards blockchain projects in general and less focused on SaaS. That's why it's not super relevant to this specific conversation. Um, I founded Market Across. Um, Nadav and Ophir, the other co-founders, uh, founded uh, inbound Junction. So in Inbound Junction, actually, the, the history of it is that we were actually affiliate marketers. Um, we were doing a lot of SEO at the time, back in the days where SEO was um, completely different. It was like no man's land. You know, there were a lot of uh, black hat tricks in order to promote yourself. And we were doing a lot of this kind of shenanigans, like exact match domains or um, PBNs, if you know what's that. It's like 
private blog <laughs> networks that you just create in order to get a lot of links. And, you know, you buy 10,000 links a day and you're number one on, uh, um, on almost any keyword that you'd like. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Penguin and Panda came, like the two big SEO updates by Google, and they kind of killed the whole industry that, uh, in, in that day. Yeah, um, we had to kind of uh, uh, reroute ourselves uh, and we decided that in order to be successful in SEO going forward, you need to start building actual meaningful relationships. Um, and that's relationships with bloggers and editors and opinion leaders in uh, different verticals. And we already had a, a few connections that we counted on. And we just started expanding on that, both for our specific assets, the websites that we used to um, do a lot of uh, black hat tricks on. And we started going white hat uh, and it really helped us grow. That's where we realized that maybe this is a, a service that we can also offer uh, other agencies, affiliates, um, clients. Um, we started uh, one of our first uh, uh, clients was GetResponse, uh, which was um, kind of uh, a legacy client that uh, really, really counted on us to, um, to do all of his off-page uh, link building content marketing. And that's kind of how we started scaling up the agency and we started adding more, more clients to it and really use the, the power of our network because we already had some kind of network and we started capitalizing it. If I'll run through that, um, you know, then... Once we started building links and doing like a lot of uh, SEO outreach, we realized that we can also use that for PR purposes. And that's kind of how um, SEO um, meeting, content marketing meeting PR was born. That's a great introduction. So if we're talking about the power of a network to support agency growth and overall value, you guys are an example of that. You've, You've developed a network, you've leveraged strategic partnerships and relationships to make sure that when a client comes to you, they're getting everything. They're getting way more than just a few people in an office or a distributed team. They're getting this network. They're coming to you for everything that you bring. And you've developed that over time. It's been tough. And now you have this monster, this powerhouse of an agency. So let's talk about how that was developed. Let's talk about some of the things that you guys can remember starting with in terms of third-party relationships and some of the ones that you looked at at each stage. So VC relationships, obviously influencer relationships that you have now, but back to the beginning when you looked at maybe working with other agencies, non-competitive agencies, uh, white labeling yourselves, if you did any of that, can you talk to the agencies that are a little bit earlier on that are trying to figure out what types of strategic relationships to focus on at this stage and then how those progressed and uh, what you have now as far as a network sure i'll let it i'll take the most because i think he was also more active in the in i would say the inception of the agency but i think that one of the most important things that i start conversations today online with people that i talk to whether or not i would say 100 percent corporate or uh, or you know they might be a contributor an influencer all these different things so people are multitasking everyone has 10 projects so every contributor on forbes or a writer on smashing hub or whatever has his own brand has maybe a side agency has whatever so the most important thing that we did in the beginning is understanding why people are blogging. What is their, what are the things that they're trying to do? And because of what we, the beginning is provide value. And again, I'm not, I'm not saying that as like a Tony Robbins kind of provide value. It's literally 
talk to someone and understand what his website is. And maybe he doesn't want to. So uh, I can tell the story that the way that we got in touch with Neil Patel, who's one of our best partners and, and brought a lot of strength to the agency, is that we started outreaching him. And Neil has a lot of people trying to outreach him. And, and I don't think he replied in the beginning. And Nadav, our CEO, just kept building him links, getting him stuff, giving him value, treating him like he's our client. And he would do all these great stuff for Neil and just send it to him all the time. And I think after at some point, Neil responded and said, all right, okay, you have, you have my attention. And again, that was years ago and we've had a great relationship since then. But it's more understanding what are the different projects and KPIs with the people you're working around, providing value to them and coming back to them. Got it. Aladdin, yeah, also, you- when you're small, you know, the, the more you connect to influencers or, and people that are in the know, uh, that already have their following, you know, that, that's, a very big, that's a very big boost for your growth. Other than that, yeah, when we were, uh, now we don't really white label our services so, so much, uh, just because we have a pretty good name in the industry. Um, but yeah, when we were smaller, I think when, especially in your inception, when you start off, you shouldn't be too proud of yourself. You know, you still have a long way to go. You're hassling. Um, you're trying to, you know, make money. You're trying to, uh, um, you know, month by month to grow a little bit and uh, to make the right connection. It's, it, a lot of it, it's like just gaining assets and relationships are assets. So when you go to someone and... You know, you help him out, even if it's not uh, only on your name and he already has a big name, just because you, you did him a favor and now you're, you know, you're more, more friendly and now he owes you a favor. Next time you need him or you even need his advice, he'll be willing to help you. So as it I said, you know, in the beginning, we just tried to make as many connections with people who already know what they're doing um, and kind of help them, have them owe us a few favors and then follow their lead um, just because, you know, uh, it, it's not, um, you can't be too proud. Uh, if you're yeah. too proud, it kind, it kind of bites you in the ass, especially when you're smaller. When you get a little bit bigger, yeah. You know, I, I don't think that white labeling your services all the time is the best way to go because eventually you need to build your own reputation. So it, it's kind of like um, you play with it you know, and you need to find the, the, the fine line of where you need your reputation and when someone is, you know, so much bigger than you that it doesn't matter. And then you can uh, just help him out and earn his reputation for you. I, um, I think that it, there's two, two things that we did, in, I guess, that we did kind of in the beginning or in the middle that really helped us grow. And, and I want to talk about one thing about the white labeling. So the first thing that I think is, is we can attribute our quote unquote success to is that this, we're not a one man show in any way. We're not a one man named uh, agency. We're four partners that really complement each other. So we have one partner who does all the back end. That does I don't do it, I don't do billing, invoicing. I don't do salaries. So I don't I, I take that off my plate. Very important. I'm sure that's a lot of time. We have one person who's that's what he does. And then we have three I would say managing partners, me, Elad, and Adab who at some kind of point, I think we can replace each other at any point. So if a bus hits any of us, the business still lives. But that also lets us kind of scale. So each one of our clients has both an account manager and I would say a designated part on the account. So first of all, there's more love, tender love and care, but there's also more scalability in that. So again, it's a, it's a partnership, it's a relationship. There's up and downs, of course, but I think that that's one of the things I attribute our, our more scaled success. And the second is that we usually never went for the quick buck. So we, we're not big on like little referral fees. 
there's a lot of things that we did for people, sending people different leads and, and doing stuff and, and, and doing things that we could have, we could have collected fair amounts of, you know, a thousand dollars, here, a thousand dollars there. We're not really big on that. Uh, just because I think people really, I, I want, I want when I have a client or someone, I want him to know that I'm entering him because I think there's value for both sides and I'm not trying to make 1500 bucks if they close up. Now I'm, I'm not knocking that. And by the way, I've paid a lot of referral fees. I'm not against it. But for us, the way that we've grown is kind of this like not going for the quick buck and the fact that we have a pretty scalable, I think, like leadership team. And when it comes to white labeling, I think that we did it in the beginning when we wanted to open a niche. So if I want to go into travel right now, I don't know, I don't have a lot of contacts. I don't have whatever. It's kind of like a chicken or an egg. I need like a big client to get into that. So I'll invest in. If I have a whole niche I'm not into right now and someone comes to me and says, I have a huge client in this niche and I find it interesting, but I want you to white label me, then he's kind of paying for me to open my own department in that space to be honest. So that's something I'm like, I'm open to as a concept, but today where we are, I don't think we do a lot of white labeling, but we've did it in the past, I think to kind of help us someone pay for our, I think, lessons and growth. I like that. I like the advice of, you know, kind of be honest with where you're at, at your stage as an agency. Cause I do talk to a lot of agencies that have some, in my opinion, some unnecessary pride around the work that they do for the marketing services specifically. I'm not talking about designing a website. I'm not talking about writing some really awesome white papers. I'm talking about uh, managing PPC, doing some SEO work, some of that kind of stuff. And, and early on, you know, I'm obviously an advocate of partner programs in general, but and partnerships in general. Um, but I do like that advice, you know, be honest with where you're at in your agency, make sure that you understand the value of certain types of relationships, take each relationship and bet each one for its own intrinsic value. Um, and then at each stage, and this is what I want to talk to next. So we kind of spoke towards the beginning stages of an agency and how those partnerships can be almost necessary, not just strategic, but also necessary to get you to that next level of growth. So after white labeling relationships, after working with other agency partners, let's talk about some more strategic relationships. Um, talk to the agencies that want to work with um, either VCs um, and then we'll maybe use influencers at the back end, but uh, maybe talk towards the agencies that want to reach out to some of those uh, massive networks of potential clients like VCs is a perfect example. And I know you guys have an interesting uh, relationship with portfolio companies in general, but talk to agencies that want to develop relationships with VCs. Yeah, so I think that we, 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 we kind of looked at it also from a blockchain space when we were kind of like hyper uh, involved into that, but we saw that kind of everyone says follow the money. So, we, you know, the money comes to the VCs and, and, and we started talking to a lot of VCs and being them in events. And of course, VCs have the same uh, 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 interest, I think, as the portfolio companies in most cases. In the beginning, we thought it was going to be very easy that the VC loves you, you're going to be in in a second. But also in the beginning, we got VC saying, oh, I'm not going to pay for that. Like I already gave him $10 million. I'm going to be paid for the marketing. So it's kind of getting the intro into that. And, and it, it sometimes can be a bumpy kind of relationship. But usually what we do, what, the way that we did it is we found our kind of biggest clients that we worked with that we did a huge and tremendous job for. And then we went to the VCs that, were, that, that are their VCs. So, be like, so you saw the amazing work we did with them all the time. Like I, I'm taking my best case study, my, 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 pride, my, my crown jewel. And then I'll say, look, look at the work that we've done with them. We'd love to help for more your portfolio's company do that kind of uh, there. But by the way, we're open to all these different kind of methods. Maybe we'll take a bit of equity. Maybe we'll do that. We can help like being very open to it. And I think after one or two of them opened the doors and we also got connected to some big angel investors in Israel, like Gigi Levy and a few others, um, that kind of then is more of a, you know, then there's a FOMO situation. If I'm already partnered with a few different VCs and the other ones also want to be there. 
But the second part is also investing a lot of time in the early stage stuff. So most of our clients are, are semi-unicorns. If you're a pre-round, most likely pre-round A, you're, you're not in the big, you're going to have a hard time or, or, or you're going to have to be really bold to kind of take a big agency and spend a lot of money. But we still want to work with these companies. So we're very active. We are the official partners of the Microsoft Accelerator in Israel. We're official partners. I'm a, I'm a mentor in 500 startups. Um, Elad is mentoring in different places. So we spend a lot of our time helping and nurturing companies who might not be our clients up until now, but it really makes us being seen in the ecosystem. And that kind of brings more and more, I would say, uh, value. So we give a lot of like free talks to VCs because they need to provide also provide value for their portfolio companies. So again, what are the value that they need to provide? First, I provide them their value and then they help me out. Yeah, I mean, just to expand on what Itai said, it's, um, I think when, um, you know, when a VC comes into a deal uh, and he has like his portfolio companies, they look at him as smart money. Um, so VCs usually, other than just investing in a company, they want to offer them different um, growth solutions, right? Um, being connected to a company like us and then um, seeing what we're doing for one portfolio company makes them uh, excited to show or at least present us as a solution for the other portfolio companies. So, you know, it's like you said, you impress them, then it becomes like something uh, that you can use, they can use it. It's, it's kind of like a symbiotic relationship, you know. Uh, so um, for us, it's, as you said, it's a way to kind of, uh, gain access to um, big databases of clients uh, instead of going for them one by one, which we do anyways. Um, it, it's really important to have people who are connected and have the same shared interest of offering different kind of growth options to their portfolio companies. Um, so for us, being um, a part of, I mean, forming relationships with VCs, with accelerators, uh, with even angel inv investors, we're connected with angel investors that um, are interested to help the companies that they're invested in. So that's where we kind of come in. Uh, and as it, I said, it doesn't mean that they will pay for it, which is sometimes they do. It's not that it never happened to us. Sometimes mm -hmm. it happened to us that they would uh, also take it on themselves. But yeah, most of the time they present us as another option uh, because they trust us and they know us. And that, these are the kind of relationships we're interested to form. Okay. And then once the relationship is formed, or at least during the formation process, can you speak towards anything around how the VCs like to uh, contract you as an agency? How Do they uh, buy services in bulk? If they have 100 portfolio companies, do they just schedule you calls, growth strategic calls with each one? Do they pay whatever your services fees are? Do you give them some sort of a, a discount for all of their portfolios uh, companies? What, what does that look like? What is the pricing and how does that relationship typically unfold on paper? It's a, it's a very case sensitive question. So we have sometimes we reach the VCs through the company that we help and then they just know us. They see that we'll... Um, that we're good at what we do or that we've helped them or that we've had a successful campaign. And then they're just interested. They, they already have the shared incentive. So they're not really after any kind of discounts. Um, 
if we approach them from the get-go, of course, you know, it's the difference between push and pull. If we approach them, we're kind of pushing um, and outreaching and trying to offer them maybe like a good deal because they still don't know us. But with VCs and a lot of uh, that's in general, uh, with due diligence, you know, it's word of mouth is one of the strongest things uh, that you can have. So, you know, if someone recommended us, if they saw us, um, and the, the actual company that we've helped recommended us, that's actually more valuable than any kind of discount or, or, you know, payment structure that you can offer them. Because usually this kind of like VCs and even angel investors, they're not looking for small discounts. They're looking for growth and they're looking for good partners. And they, they look at the big picture and they, you know, their attitude is macro, not micro. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so just to add, add to what Elad said, I think that he said it, uh, exactly what I said. So um, um, what I was thinking, because as I said to SaaS companies, it's about developing the digital real estate. So in our world, it's not exactly digital, digital real estate, it's human real estate. So I don't have reviews on my, well, maybe we should have more reviews on kind of the agencies. But if we have most, let's say Israel, pretty connected and closed circuit Israeli tech ecosystem, if you're an entrepreneur and both your first check and your fifth check tell you that these guys are legit, then you want to talk to them. So it's more about, we want to make sure that the people in the network, in, in the ecosystem have a good experience with us because that's our customer review. That's our due diligence. So the more places in the ecosystem that have good things to say about us and have worked with us, et cetera, et cetera, the more our due diligence comes easier when it comes to closing deals. And it's much easier for me to say, oh, you know, when I talk to them, by the way, you should talk to your VC, whatever, this and this person, they know us really well. So mm -hmm. you know, when, when we start going to companies, if I know three of the companies that invested in them and maybe the, the company, I worked with the company where the CEO was four years ago, that will really help the deal. So that's kind of what we see a lot. And when it comes to agents, uh, VCs, from our experience, VCs are not the client. They're more the funnel or the referral of the ecosystem. So I have yet to receive big check from VCs but I've gotten a lot of intros and setups and hot recommendations and almost deals presented as a done deal by the VC. No, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, so sometimes it's the relationship purely referral-based. Um, I'm thinking about some other specific VC relationships that I've come across where uh, the agencies will come into the VC and do these group sort of strategy sessions and maybe they do them once per month. We do oh, that, but yeah. we usually, to be honest, don't get. So in Israel, at least, there's a very big competition about, so money is cheap. It's more about what value do you get out of that money? So um, all the VCs want to see that their kind of launch pad is more effective. So they'd be offering different things to those, uh, to those portfolio companies where we would be participating. But to be honest, there's a lot of bartering. So that's exactly for me, not looking for the quick buck. If I'll get Sequoia to give me $3,000 for my services uh, of coming in for 20, 10 hours of, of consulting, that would be like a one month retainer from a small client. So that's where exactly I don't look for the quick buck in mm -hmm. how much are you going to give me for these hours, but more how good will the business possibilities I get out of this. So that's a great example of where we look at differently uh, than other companies. I like it. Yeah, that's, that's an important one. I mean, you just put yourself in the growth stage in those shoes as an agency owner and thinking of all these different types of partnerships that you can form. And it's always attractive to look at a large VC that has a big book of business in your ideal customer base um, and, and seeing how you can get involved in that VC. So reach out to them, maybe op um, offer the flexibility 
um, keywords there just to let them know that, hey, here's my work. Obviously, I'm great at what I do, but I'm flexible. I'm willing to do these sort of workshops with you. I'm willing to offer some stuff for free to an extent uh, to get in and break through that, um, that relationship. Um, okay. And then, you know, that has snowballed into a lot of things for your agency. And I want to end with this. You know, you guys are a lot more than just an agency today. You've got a product coming out. You've got advisory relationships. You've got um, some companies that maybe you're invested in. But talk to me about sort of what all these strategic relationships have created for you guys as an agency. And what does that sort of ecosystem look like at uh, Inbound Junction today? Yeah, so I think that one of the things that we did about a year ago, which is the first of, we hope, many to be, is we kind of put our, I would say, our, our, our money where our mouth is. We put our skin in the game, and we saw a really, really interesting three A round. So actually seed round. We were the first check of a company that already was running in the Israeli market. Um, they're called Accessibility. They do ADA-compliant kind of SaaS, helping sites be uh, accessible. And uh, we saw them something very, very interesting. And we said, look, you guys are at an early stage. We want, we want to give you money. We're, uh, we also want to be kind of partners and we're going to take more equity for our services with a four, five, six year vesting period, whatever. And that's been super incremental. We've been really, really involved in that. That is something that we see as, I think, the future of more and more of these kind of partnerships. So we're in all these accelerators. We meet all these early startups. And when we see the ones that we feel much more interested in, instead of grooming them to be a possible next client, we want to groom them as a portfolio. And uh, that's something that we want to extend much more into and we see a lot of potential in there. That company is now closing a very big A round. And we see much more kind of possibilities in this, I would say, uh, deep uh, skin in the game partnership where we give them, we actually pay them the money that they're going to spend. On. Got it. Elad, anything to add to that? The only thing that I would add to it is that I think that, you know, us as a company, we have um, kind of a gateway for like a good deal flow of interesting companies uh, that come to us in their growth stage. So a lot of times if they're, um, they're a company that doesn't, uh, yet have you know that does not, that's not profitable enough, or um, they had the, nobody interested in giving them their first funding. They usually don't go and try to use services of um, a reputable agency like us. But uh, companies that do have the extra funds or are looking for like extensive growth, they get to us. And companies at that stage usually are very interesting. Um, because exactly what, uh, like with Accessibility, you know, they came to us, we said, okay, these guys look like they're on the right track. They're looking to grow exponentially. That's why they're here. We looked at the team and we said, okay, we, we do think that these are, they're made from the right material. Let's talk about something more interesting. And that's kind of how we got to form this deal. And it's not like we're looking for these kind of deals with every company that steps in, but in our uh, deal flow DNA, uh, of course, we have like the HubSpots and the Oberlows and, you know, the, the big commerce and the Etos and the, the big ones. Um, but we also get a very specific deal flow of companies that are uh, super interesting because they get to us. So it's kind of like a, a natural filter for us. And we also want to take advantage of that. That's kind of why we thought about this model. And, and who knows what we're going to do with it. We have a lot of different ideas about maybe in the future uh, making it more of like... An accelerator of, fund or whatever. An accelerator, maybe a fund, maybe a small... I, I don't know. We, we've been talking about it. It's very, very interesting. 
Uh, but I think it's uh, a lot of it is based on what I just said. Uh, there's a very interesting DNA to the type of companies that come to us at the stage of accessibility uh, when they came to us, which is like seed or pre-seed, um, looking for exponential growth. And then it's very interesting to look at it from like a skin in the game kind of deal. Mm-hmm. I think that, that, that touching on that, I think I'll get a bit philosophical, uh, is that we see that, uh, and, and it's not a secret, that the kind of startup ecosystem is becoming very far from revenue driven, at least in the early stages. So it's much more about who gets the most amount of funding in the best amount of time and is able to buy as many users as possible. It's not about build, building solid uh, business plans. It's not about building revenue. And where, again, we, and we could be the, 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 the regular vendor in the space saying, all right, Money is cheap. Everyone's getting all these big valuations, big caches. We just double our prices and, and, and enjoy the ride. But we actually, I think as veterans in the space, see that there's also a flip side to that. And we also want to take advantage of the other part. So we would really, I, we think our, our, our future is to try and help companies get out of that insane rat race from the get. So maybe they'll get there in a few years. But I think that once you take that first big VC check, and you need to show 300% growth every year, a hook by cloak, no matter what, that's what you do. And if we're able to help companies act a bit more, I would say, bootstrappy for a while, you know, by us injecting funds and also giving them services on a cost basis, um, and also we work very closely, we even took another floor in our office building to house companies that maybe we want that kind of, we want them to sit really close to us. We, we have a dev team as well. So that's how we kind of look at it, is helping companies bootstrap themselves a bit before they become these hyper-inflated VC wannabe unicorns that we're seeing with the market going after Yeah, so it's a, it's a bootstrap support. So you're, you're maybe putting in yes. some capital where necessary, but the capital's going right yeah, into we're talking, action. We're talking your... small tickets. This is, yeah. These are like you know low six-figure tickets that can kind of help a company still move before going into that big evaluation games and uh, it's just a different different ball got it and any advice to the agencies that are considering giving up free services to the earlier stage companies that are offering them equity in return for the services any advice to those guys yeah i would um if the person in the second or first call offers you percentage of his company i guess he doesn't think that much of his company i mean usually and that's and that's uh, it's true and and that's why i, I don't think for example accessibility would ever give us any kind of barter agreement if we didn't have skin in the game if someone is just willing to give it to you something is wrong you know there's something wrong with his valuation of himself um i completely agree Got it. Okay. And then um, because you're advising, I want to end on just the main topic at hand is when you're advising accessibility founders and they talk to you about partner programs, they talk to you about working with agencies and um, developing an agency focused partner program or even strategic partners. Um, Can we talk to them about some of the advice um, that you've either extended already or plan to extend when they come to you with, hey, we want to start a partner program. What do you talk to them about? What are some of the things that you... uh, you tell them to look for, not look for, avoid anything at all. Yeah. So for me, again, I think I go back. Don't look at kind of the, the quick buck. Don't a referral program is not a a partner program is not a referral program. 
And that's very different. Referral programs, how do I make referral fees? Partner programs are how do I, I think a good partnership is a partnership that's based on almost no capital between the partners. It's based on both sides providing value for each other. And again, when I say value, it's not like synthetic value of good advice or whatever. I'm talking about financial. I think really think about what benefits you can give your partner before you present what you want and make sure that they can kind of align. So if you're coming to a huge company and tell them, do you want to partner with me? And you're tiny, that's a bit kind of odd unless you put in 18 hours of work and they put in two. So it's, I think, be honest about where your position is. Don't look for the quick buck and present what you can give to them before what you want. That is a great statement. You know, not aligning on the referral fees, not aligning on just pure payouts. That's not a partnership. That's a, what is it? Brian from Sendoso always says that's a vendorship, which I really like. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. so, so focus on, yeah, how do you, how do you create value in their business and, um, obviously look for the value back to your business in return, but how do you structure those relationships? That's great advice. Um, so I know Assessibly has some partnership people and they are doing this and they're creating this as we speak. So this will be very interesting and I'm sure they'll come back to you guys for advice along the way. Um, so, uh, I think we just wanted to end with anything that's going on right now, just any of the product stuff that you guys have coming, anything that we should look for from you in the near future, any big announcements, changes, anything at all? Uh, a lot. Maybe you want to talk about our own SaaS platform or? Yeah. So, I mean, it's actually an interesting, uh, in because uh, I know you usually cover like SaaS partnerships and you know, what kind of. Uh, partnerships do you form with already existing SaaS um, and, and different tools? And when we started the company, um, you know, our company is based on our network. We've b- built a network, a network of bloggers and opinion leaders and um, different influencers and journalists and editors and um, for us, and of course, clients on the, on the other hand. And uh, we kind of develop their messaging and we pitch it to different editors and we have a lot of bloggers that we do all kinds of uh, like partnerships with and, you know, different uh, like complex um, relationships and, uh, and different types of uh, slots in our network. So it got to a point that we even say, hey, so if we as a content marketing PR SEO company needed a tool like that and it wasn't in existence, maybe we should make a SaaS out of it and just help other companies like us um, just become better, you know, and, and more efficient. Um, so uh, we, we're now, that's what we're doing. Um, and we, we started building a, a SaaS around it and it's, um, it's now in beta uh, phase. It's called Media Scale. Um, and we actually found out that other than uh, agencies like us, a lot of the publishers that we work with, the bloggers or um, the webmasters that we uh, pitch uh, to kind of uh, get uh, them interested in our content or in our ideas for our clients, they have maybe 15 different websites and they also have the, their connections and they also publish articles. And this um, uh, media scale, the, the SaaS that we've built, caters to them as well. So we've built another extension of that. Uh, and just, you know, long story short, we've had our pain points in, uh, and we couldn't find a tool that combines and kind of relieves all these pain points. And we've had to build it uh, to ourselves. And 
we didn't imagine that it will uh, you know go that way but now it's uh, we're developing it to also help others and it's kind of it's funny because it's kind of like the the whole story of the inception of inbound junction where we were building links to ourselves as affiliates and we were pitching influencers and opinion leaders to kind of get our name out there as affiliates um and then we decided um to offer that service to other affiliates and to other companies and then kind of that's kind of how inbound junction were born so we're very very good i guess with finding the solutions first for ourselves because that's what's in that's interesting for us uh, and then offer it to other people when we know that this is actually good stuff because it helps us um so that's kind of these are my two cents on that i love it i love it and that was a great answer and you know i mean i i found you guys based on your reputation so obviously everything you're doing is working really well and i'm i'm privileged to to be able to meet you and, and have you in my network and be able to connect with you guys and thank you for taking the time so we'll link to all of the stuff that you mentioned anything that we can share we'll obviously link to that anything that we're able to um, so I'll actually ask you guys to send me those links, anything that we're able to mention and share, I'll put those in. When the CRM, that app that you mentioned, that management tool is available, we want to push that out to our network and let everybody uh, tinker and play and use it. I will link to your LinkedIn profiles and I'll link to Inbound Junction, I'll link to Marked Across if anyone is in that space as well. Thank you both for the time and we'll speak soon. Thank, Thank you, you very much. much. Have a good one.